Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family at JitteryMonkey.com. And of course, uh, happy to be one of uh, numerous, possibly even countless, uh, podcasts on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Of course, SB Nation, home to over 300 uh, various sports sites, uh, all Tune to you, the specific fan of that particular team or uh, university, like us at Coordination. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm flanked by the other two members of the tripod, Haas Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, welcome to another week of the offseason. Are we pulling our hair out yet? <laughs> Haas, he says your name. You're supposed to talk before me. Well, you know. How do I, we not have this down? I was doing the five seconds thing. No, no, uh, that's at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, it's, yeah, like, so, it's like praying. Before, I don't know. Meditating before you start. I want to rip my hair out because we're reaching the point where there's not. Okay. I'm not going to watch the NBA. I'm not going to watch the NHL. Oh. Baseball is not a sport. And so I'm left to choose between games from last season on the DVR old games on YouTube and then just doing normal summer activities as a well socialized 28 year old adult man. Can we talk about the NHL? Wait a minute. No, we can, a, I want to know what his normal a, activity is like uh, crying over just spending Sunday afternoon crying because you're alone. <laughs> Damn, you coming in hot tonight. I'm, um, I'm, I'm exhausted. I had a, a, a a tough day. And when it was a hard day, I had server crashes and they were really bad. I've had a customer go through a malware infection that's been giant now for two weeks. They've been stressed. Everybody's stressed. It's been nasty. That sucks. But projecting your frustration to others is a key determinant of a psychological disorder. Yeah. And what, was there any, any question in that with me? What the hell? No, I've <laughs> banked on that for a long time. You know. I really want a, a like a college football oriented mental illness named after me. The John John Dem Johnston, no, no, the just JDJ disorder. JDJ. Yeah, you know we could come up with something by the maybe by the start of the season. I'm pretty sure I have the same disorder, so it's all good. <laughs> so does that mean we can't talk about hockey? Uh, this is a football podcast. No, yeah. this is a Huskers podcast. Okay. Football. We have What's going on with on. hockey? Bangerings and Daggers has basketball. But we kind of do. We, we you got to admit, Hoss, we do kind of cover it all here at the Five Heart Podcast. As the flagship podcast of Coronation, we okay. we not only do we encompass everything, but we also tend to. You've been doing so the show. So, the Nina, the Pinta, or the Santa Maria? The the Santa Maria was the flagship, I believe. Okay, hey, good. shit! Look at that. Uh, but uh, you should you you've been uh, you've been doing this long enough to know that sometimes we don't go off the rails. We just don't ever get on the rails. 
So if I can ever so briefly mention that the St. Louis Blues are going to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 49 years, I think that's pretty I, remarkable. I guess that's exciting if you're a St. Louis Blues fan. I, I it's am. Very exciting. I, I've I've uh, 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 much more, much greater, much deeper appreciation of hockey. My fandom has grown, and it helps that uh, hey, you know what? Beginning of January, the Blues were the worst team in the league. Now they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals against a team from Boston. So, the Boston Bruins. We'll okay, that. great. You said you're a bit about hockey. What's next? <laughs> Uh, so I didn't know this. Uh, th- this is Husker related, or, or perhaps I should say former Husker related. Uh, I'm sure we all saw in the news earlier this week that Ndamukong Su, uh is, uh, at, at least at the time of this recording, is uh, you know they're finalizing uh, terms on a one year contract that will send him to Tampa Bay uh, to join the Buccaneers. I did not realize that he only signed a one year deal with the the Los Angeles Rams last year. I thought that that was more long term. I did not either. I thought that was a longer term deal. And, you know, so it looks like he's just going to live out the rest of his career as a hired gun. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he, that, that one year deal he signed with Los Angeles in March of 2018 was a $14 million. Uh, I mean, I would say they ended up going to the Super Bowl. I'd say that that was well worth it for them. And again, we don't know the terms yet of, uh, the contract. Uh, with Tampa Bay, but that should reunite him with another former Husker in Levante David, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It or, does. Or, or did they did they not quite reunite? Okay, so they no, didn't Sue. they didn't quite align in, in Lincoln. Sue was done in '09. Levante came in in the 2010 recruiting class. Okay. They aligned because they part of the family. That's a Husker family. It continues on. It's an infinite line from the beginning of time till the end of time. Well, no, but but I I I did have my timeline wrong. As I thought that they had. Could you imagine though? Uh, you know, a, a Husker team that had the both of them on it on the defensive side of the ball at the same time. No, I try not to imagine these things because we don't have a defense right now, and it just makes me hurt inside. But thanks for bringing it up. It's May 22nd. A lot of people don't have defenses, John. Yeah, well, we don't have a linebacker like David, do we? No, not a lot of people do. We we talked about him, you know, when we we did our, uh, you know, ask the get to know the coronation crew. Uh, you know, Q and A with everybody, and Levante David was. I mean, I still think you know, as great as he was as a Husker, and and you know, he's. I think uh, I think he wears the C. You know, I think he might be a captain or something for uh, Tampa Bay. Um, I is this safe to say, perhaps that maybe as far as you know, in, in the minds of most Husker fans, he he's sometimes forgotten about or or you know, underrated. It, just because maybe he didn't think, play on a championship so. team. I mean, it, he he was he he didn't come in you know out of high school. You know, he he was a JUCO acquisition. Uh, didn't play on a championship team. So it's not like his entire career was spent in Lincoln. I I think there's a case to be made that you know when when you think about you know some some of the best you know Husker 
defensemen or you know or or black shirts or or you know even linebackers i i think sometimes perhaps he he's you know overlooked again i i don't think he's overlooked at all i think it's just a he's a victim of spending a short time in lincoln as a juco guy um he had some pretty key moments in his career you mean like that hit on braxton miller uh that one's nice but my Probably my favorite one was when he stopped Silas Red from Penn State on fourth and one. Ah, yes. And then when he made CJ, uh, I think his name, first name CJ, I can't remember. Uh, but the tight end from Iowa, Fedorowitz, when he made Fedorowitz his booch. Booch? How do you spell because that? How do you spell that? Booch? It's just a B-I dash T-C-H. Gotcha. But Fedorowicz came off the line, went out on a little corner route, pushed Levante David, pushed off on Levante. So that drew the OPI. But Fedorowicz caught the ball, and he was running. Levante recovered from getting shucked, ran him down, tackled him, stripped the ball out, and recovered the fumble himself. So it was OPI, caused a fumble, and recovered it all in one play, and it was against Iowa. I don't think these guys get overlooked. I think it's a generational thing. You know, you do, you know, like my favorite player of all time is Turner Gill. It's really hard for him to be your favorite player of all time because you guys are just pups. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, so, I you could say like, com- compared to you, John. You can say like Guy Chamberlain. Well, I was going to say Bobby Reynolds. Older. Guy Chamberlain. Guy Chamberlain was a pansy. <laughs> What I think is funny, though, is people – I remember shortly after, you know, like as in the following year after Levante David left Nebraska, people thought Will Compton was this superstar linebacker on the order of Levante David. And Will Compton was good, and there's no denying that because the guy's going on, you know, his seventh year in the NFL. But to the level of Levante David, no. Like Levante David was that kind of Terrell Farley – disruptive playmaker that, you know, played sideline to sideline. Another play that stands out to me is when he stopped Daniel Thomas from K-State on fourth and one on K-State's opening drive in that Thursday night game. That really took the piss and vinegar out of that outfit. You know, I uh, <laughs> speaking of Will Compton, I – we had a. You're going to be doing this 30 years from now. I'm very happy for you. I'm very proud of you. The fact that you can remember all these plays and all these names. Well, I, you know, I have an I identical memory, much like Sean McVay. <laughs> Is that a good thing? If for the line of work I'm going into, yes. Oh, okay. That, that's good. I uh, uh, speaking of Will Compton, I, I had a twinner, twinner. I had a Twitter interaction with him uh, back at the beginning of May. And it, it wasn't, you know, like, hey, Will, go Big Red, proud of you, all that other, you know, stuff. He tweeted out uh, a picture of, you know, what he was grilling, which is, is fine, you know. I, but, you know, it looks like some ribeyes, uh, some vegetables were on the grill, and a Budweiser. And somebody made the... Uh, comment you know like with with a gif of somebody walking out and budweiser and in you know, like budweiser and he says stl stand up baby and me being the bon 
and me being the uh, beer snob that I am, it, it is it's been you know recorded here. Uh, I I commented. I said uh, Schlafly, which is a better brewery in St. Louis that you know doesn't have the you know the 150 years and the multi-million or billion dollars in InBev you know engine behind it. And he, uh, you know, the the other Twitter user, uh, shout out to at Will Blackman, uh, says, "Yep, some of that Kolsch or IPA." Will has no clue. And Will says, LMAO, you guys are cute. So, I, I Will called me cute. I'm not going to lie. Melted a little bit right there. You were flattered. I was. I was. Yeah, that's that's all. That, that's my Will Compton story. That's the only, that's my only Will Compton story. That's enough. Well, I, I don't want to talk negatively on this podcast about players. So, um, I'll say that. I really enjoyed watching him make a good NFL career. I think everybody said he wasn't going to make it in the NFL. And like you're right, it's, it's been seven years. He's done reasonably well. Yeah. It, 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 I was one of those people that thought he wasn't going to make it. Um, and he's developed. He's caught on well. You know, he played under Joe Barry, the linebackers coach for the Redskins, to start his career. And then he's playing for the Titans now under Mike Rabel. And he's he's a good linebacker. He's a good NFL linebacker. Uh, to get cliche, he's a real lunch pail guy. But I'm I didn't see it coming. And I'm I'm glad to see that he's made something of himself. God, it sounds like I'm just like God. I never thought he'd mounting. You're sounding like a damn good crotchety old man at the age of 28. Well, that's what happens when you take a summer class. Let me let me point out. Well, <laughs> and then your friend gets married on a Thursday afternoon. Let let yeah. Don't get me started on that nonsense. Um, <laughs> let let me throw this he's out there. Good for people. I, I'm sure he is. Uh, he's a hoss stealing son of a. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, Will Compton. While we're talking I'm about on the buckets, ain't I? You know? Huh? Oh, you're talking about the Colorado game. Yeah. Well, that was all me who planned that trip. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, Will Conto, while we're talking about uh, contracts and whatnot, uh, is a, a free agent presently. He, he signed his one-year deal that he signed uh, with Tennessee uh, was in April of 2018. So, uh, unsure as to know where he's going to land in 2019. I'm sure he'll be all right. For sure, he was re-signed. That's odd. Hmm. According to uh, SpotRack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com, which may or may not be up to date. Um, but anyway, you know what? I'm sure he's doing okay with those six-figure signing bonuses and things like that. So he'll be. I'm not worried about him. There you go. Will. Uh, John Damn Johnston doesn't care about Will Compton. You heard it here on, on the show, folks. Um, so spring conditioning or, or you know spring practice obviously is, is over, but – uh, you know, guys are still in the weight room, especially some of the younger guys. There was a report out. God, what the hell? Did I just hit puberty? There's a report out. Uh, don't mind me. Uh, and uh, a buddy of mine shared this link with me about a couple of Nebraska guys who uh, are in their first offseason, uh, you know, with the program, before, you know, ahead of their first years, I guess, in uh, Cam Jurgens and Garrett Nelson, uh, who are – 
bulking up, you know, putting on that college weight and uh, having the benefit of, uh, you know, like a Zach Duvall and uh, a Division One, top tier Division One, you know, strength and conditioning and nutrition program. When, when you hear that, you know, those are some of the names who who are, you know, uh, standing out as far as these, you know, off season conditionings are, are going. Do you think that that's because you know they're Nebraska kids? Um, I mean, you know, Garrett Nelson committed in you know two years ago, uh, the Scotts Bluff product, and uh, uh, you know said he wanted to be a Husker his whole life. That the Husker tradition means something to them. Do you think that they're trying a little extra harder? I mean, I I, I think we all can agree that Cam Jurgens, uh, you know, spot if you will is is secure. He's he's gonna you know find the field plenty of times. Um, but you know, would you safe to say that it's, it's something about that, that Nebraska pride that, uh, you know, these, some, these, these young men are working as hard as they are. I think that's probably a part of it. Other parts of it are probably fear of not working hard because of, you know, discipline from the strength staff, other parts of it, they probably just like to lift weights and, uh, you know, but the overarching theme you know, it's a culture of hard work in Lincoln now. Senior lineman Christian Gaylord is quoted uh, as far as talking about Cam Jurgen, saying he's one of maybe the strongest guy on the team, which is saying something for a redshirt freshman who, uh, you know, is, was coming off what an ankle injury or or you know knee injury yeah, or something. You know, ankle foot injury. It, so I don't go to the gym. I mean, that's pretty apparent. Uh, John hasn't been to the gym in decades. Uh, so Haas, as the gym guy, I mean, the the lower half of the body is paramount as far as building that foundation. And how tough is it to come back from a, from a you know foot or ankle injury and, and you know get back into the weight room and feel a hundred percent? it's it's one of those things that takes some time. Uh, his injury occurred back in like the late half of October, maybe, when he first made the switch to center. So he had some time to heal up, but still, when you're talking like stress, I think it was stress fractures in his foot, you're talking about you know a lot of weight when you're doing squats or mm-hmm. some of the Olympic lifts from the ground. You're talking a lot of weight, you know, being on the bone structure of the foot. So that I've, I've never had an injury like that while I've been lifting. So I really can't speak to you know how long it would take to recover, but I have to imagine that it probably he had to probably be brought along carefully, just because there are times I get done you know with squats and I have you know two feet without any you know previous history of foot injuries, and it's like man like my feet fucking hurt like the bones feel like they're pressing out you know those pads of my feet, so. Yeah, I mean, that's it's impressive to for him to get back, not only get back to his previous level of strength, but now to be maybe considered the strongest guy on the team and at the center position to boot. You know, that makes me pretty happy. John, I got nothing. I got nothing. I've I've never been injured lifting. John, I, I have. Like I I've practically never been yeah. injured. I thought you know you what gonna, I mean, John. I thought John, you were going to say the Richard Simmons aerobic videos no 
Did no, I, do, I don't need to do did, any of that did stuff. Did you do the Jane Fonda Buns of Steel back in the day? I did. I bet. I bet you, I bet you rock some steel buns, big boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, now seems like a good time to take a break. All right? Compose okay. ourselves. This break brought to you by Blue Chew. You know, it's I, funny you say that, Hoss. <laughs> uh, not only is it, uh, uh, you know, the same active ingredient that uh, works in Viagra and Cialis, uh, and it's much cheaper, and it's a little less uh, perhaps embarrassing because you don't have to go see a doctor. You can do it all online, bluechew.com. But uh, uh, it's going to improve your performance it's a chewable, and you can use oh it on... Oh, my a, God! Now, now, hold on. You can use it on a full or empty stomach. Uh, the results are the same. Usually takes about 15 minutes to uh, uh, get your gimmick going. And <laughs> it, as, as, as I, I threw this uh, I threw this tagline out to Haas, I, I think he was a big fan of it. Uh, when you use Blue Chew, she'll be saying, Go Big Dick! We'll be back. Welcome back to the Vive Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, and a couple other news and notes. Let's start with uh, the potential availability. I don't know if it's potential. I don't know how uh, set in stone it is. I just see under news items in our little show notes, it says alcohol in Memorial Stadium, comma, for the rich. John, that sounds like something you would uh, uh, put down. What, uh, I did what, put what, that in there, didn't what, I? What can you tell us about rich people getting hammered at Memorial uh, Stadium? Okay, well, apparently there was an article in the OWH, the Omaha <laughs> World Herald this week, that uh, <laughs> Bill Moose would consider allowing alcohol in, like, the skyboxes and the L-O-G-E. I don't know what that is. The Loge. Loge. What's that? Loge. It's the Loge. It's a, it's a particular, like, uh, layer of seats, uh, usually... Let's just oh, call you mean, it the bourgeoisie. Yes, the rich people, in other words. Which, you know, first of all, can we stop this bullshit where we pretend there's no alcohol on, on campus? Oh, people are getting lit. Wait well, a minute, I wait mean, a minute, for years there was alcohol. I, you go into the, the lots and there's bottles everywhere. And I'm not talking about the – let's go tailgating and have a tailgate and be nice. Let's pretend like we're the most fantastic motherfuckers on the planet. Like people haven't left broken bottles behind for students for years to deal with. And they, get out of the lots and go into Memorial Stadium. And you're going to tell me that there isn't alcohol in the skyboxes? What you're telling me is that uh, it's not being formally sold in the skyboxes, so we're not making revenue off of it. And you're going to tell me there's no alcohol in like the Champions Club, and I'm going to say, do, do you did you avert your eyes at every bad thing that possibly might have ever happened in your life so you could pretend the world's full of goodness and sweetness? I mean, that's just bullshit. So for him to come out in an article and say, well, we're going to have it, but only for the rich people. That's really what that is. It's just crap. Either yeah, well, I, bet, don't I bet probably legally, I bet they're going to start with that and then see how it goes and go out from there. I'm sure that he made the statement just to see what the Reaction. you know the feedback would be. Well, I mean, this is a serious all question. Those rich it, dentists. Oh, wait, what's that? Creighton. All those rich dentists. Wait, that's Creighton. Yeah, this this is a serious question, and and I don't. I hope it doesn't come across as a snarky or anything like that but uh 
how long until Tom Osborne would, you know, be asked? Maybe he he not to say he doesn't care, but how long until he would be asked by somebody in the media? Yeah, Doctor Osborne, what what's your take on this statement? I mean, because that's always the go to Friday at five, right? I mean, that's yeah. always always the go to. And I remember years ago when I was in Shadron and and you know reporting news and sports and things like that on on the radio. Uh, and there was, I believe, you know, when this was when uh, Osborne was a congressman, and he there was a story about how he was trying to get beer sale or beer advertising, you know, things like that off of, you know, college sports. He's like, it doesn't belong. And whatever the exact statement was, I don't remember. It's been, you know, I've slept since then. So, but that seems to be the go-to for Nebraska media, is it not? It's well, something came out. Yeah. May or may not be controversial. Let's get Osborne's take. Let let the he's retired. Let the guy enjoy retirement. Quit, you know, quit involving him in things that, no offense, don't concern him. Yeah, but you have to because he's the leader of our religion. Yeah, and that's what this is. This is all about you know. Pretending we're teetotaling, pretending that we're honestly church-going people when we go to Memorial Stadium, our cathedral, and we watch a sporting event, which is why we struggle so much with other fans. I'm glad you brought that up, John. It's a perfect segue yes. to our next topic. Because as we mentioned in the first half of the show, Haas has decided with friends of his who are not Five Heart Podcast co-hosts, uh, that those three or four or however many are going to be making the trip to Boulder, Colorado for uh, the game against the Buffaloes, where I invited him to Champaign and you as well, John, to uh, partake of a game in, in my native land. Uh, and, uh, you know, and he said, well, maybe if I can't score tickets to the CU game. Well, lo and behold, I saw on Twitter he was very excited that he scored tickets to the Colorado-Nebraska game. And I said, so does this mean you're out for champagne? And he pretty much is like, yeah, fuck you, dude. I, uh, I'm i going to Colorado, and I'm going to drink Coors Banquet where Coors Banquet is brewed, and uh, I'm never coming back. That's pretty much what he said. Hoss. I'll probably come back. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to stay in Colorado any longer than I had to. But they have mountains. It's a fine state. I like Colorado. Boulder's a nice little burg. I got <laughs> nobody can afford to live in Vail or Aspen anymore, but they have mountains. Hell, I went to a Safeway grocery store in Winter Park last August, and I think a eighteen pack of Coors cost me like twenty two bucks. So, God, that had to feel like you were being robbed. Yeah, it felt like I was being asked to bend over. But it, it does uh, harken back to, you know, not harken back. Let me rephrase. This is something that we started talking about before uh, the tape was rolling uh, tonight. And that was, you know, you've been, have you been to a game in, in Boulder, Haas? I have not. I've okay. been to Boulder, but not for a game. So let, let's talk about, because if you listen to uh, our esteemed colleagues slash friends former colleagues still friends over at the the big red Cobcast. you know they're they're looking forward to that game at colorado uh and i think tweety said something about wanting to start a fight 
or get you know a, a fight picked at him. He wants to fight somebody in Boulder, which is, is fine, you know, for him. See, but, I subscribe to the Will Smith from Men in Black theory. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. But let, let's every bad experience since John, have you ever taken in a game in in a, in a Boulder? In Boulder, no. So right. I saw a Devo concert once there in the eighties. Did you whip it? You're damn right I did. Did you whip it good? <laughs> of course. It's redundant with me. If it's going to be whipped, it's going to be good. You know, that that reminds me. There's a uh, place. Don't remind you. Keep on track. You you guys verve off these things, and then my mind goes down a rabbit hole. Well, I just wanted to tell you about this uh, place in St. Louis called GW Meats. It's GW Meat and Bavarian Style Sausage Company. And their radio ad says nobody's going to beat our meat. It's like Nebraska. Uh, no, that's to say that's that's on the radio. There, there's a just good meat on 84th and L in Omaha. They have their sign says you can't beat our meat. It's it's tremendous. It really is. Um, but back on the topic of Boulder. <laughs> on the topic of Boulder. Yeah. So I've never taken in a game there. Obviously, um, everyone's heard the horror stories, though. Yeah, the horror stories. You know, you my know, grandma like the, got put with her walker, got pushed over by five Colorado students with blood streaking their faces who were howling at the moon. What was it you, like? The, the our cars were vandalized. Our cars were vandalized. Was it like we the had they threw bombs thrown bags at us. of urine at us? Right. Marshmallows yeah. with batteries and coins stuffed in them. All those things. They never offered me a single edible. But here's the thing. They could now, John. As a fairly educated individual, I've, I've reached the conclusion of I have never met somebody who firsthand experienced abuse and the atrocities at the hands of Colorado fans. It's always my mother's cousins, brothers, fathers, you know, that kind of thing. The six degrees of separation. Yes. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. Happy to so, have So, therefore, I've arrived at the conclusion that while I'm sure their fans can be, you know, vulgar. Obnoxious, dirtbag, scum of the earth bastards. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I, while I'm sure they can be all those things that John just eloquently laid out for us, I'm starting to feel like some of these horror stories delve more into the realm of urban legend than actually ever occurring. I mean, for crying out loud, you'd think Husker fans are John McClane wearing the sandwich board at the beginning of Die Hard with a Vengeance when we played Colorado out in Folsom. You mean marked for death? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've gone to Madison twice. I think I've pointed that out in past podcasts. Yeah, and I, I've enjoyed when I was that trip. about this earlier, you've told me, like, road games and hostile environments have a sense of humor. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, because the honest truth is if you don't have a sense of humor, you're going to get into a fight possibly. And and it's never good. I mean, if you your sense of humor will always keep you out of things or at least not escalate things. Yeah, it can diffuse the situation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I've, I've heard from a lot of Husker fans also that they were not treated 
very well in Madison, and the the students swore at him and threw things at him. I I you know what I had students always walked up to me and said "fuck Nebraska," to which I would respond "fuck Wisconsin," and then we were good friends. But that goes back to that goes back to what I said earlier about Nebraska. Football being a religion, when we go to our events, we're attending a religious event. That's why we can't handle any change to that event. Like, oh my God, they're changing the tunnel music. It's sacrilege. You know, oh my God, they might get rid of the balloons. Sacrilege. Wisconsin fans, when they go to a football game, they're attending a sporting event, a social event. They don't have these same problems. You know what I mean? So, uh, now, you, I wanna, could, you could we... say the Colorado fans, they're attending, uh, I don't know, uh, a rave. A- yeah, a rave. There you go. That's probably good, better than what I was going to say. <laughs> can, can we delve deep? And I'm, I'm going to say this without sounding, you know, condescending. That that's my hope anyway. But is that just because Husker football is all that area has? I mean, if you go to Madison, well, you know, they have the Packers. They have, you know, for lack of a better term, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know, they have other, you know, Brewers. You know, they, they have other options, but you've got to drive, what, four hours to Kansas City if you want to watch, you know, the, the Chiefs play or the Royals. You, mean you think it's a religion because that's the only thing we have? I think that plays a part. I think no. it's a factor. No, it does not. It is not. Well, that's why I wanted to delve that, deeper into it, John. Damn. Do you know why it is? It's because years, for many, many years, the biggest rivalry in all of college sports was Nebraska versus Oklahoma. Okay? But here's for, the thing. That whole mess Nebraska-Oklahoma being based in respect and dignity and all this stuff, that's an OU fan construct after we started kicking their ass in the 90s. I think it is, too. Because before that, I heard that Nebraska-Oklahoma was just as nasty. You know, it's like Nebraska, Colorado, or like what Nebraska, Iowa is probably going to tend towards in the coming years. It wasn't this cute, oh, the Battle of the Big Reds. We respect each other so much. Like, yes, they're into Penny, we're friends, and Switzer and Osborne were friendly, but it wasn't this big old family reunion. No, it wasn't a family. Here's the other thing the reason why we see it as a religion is because when we played Oklahoma, it was it was a, a a from a certain perspective it was our morality which was running a clean program and never never cheating against that evil Barry Switzer that son of a bitch who cheated all the time. Even though we probably and he did finally things. He what? Even though we probably did much of the same things that Barry Switzer was doing. You, you there should be like one of your hands turning into fire right now. <laughs> I quit believing in fairy tales when I was about eight. Well, you know, but a lot of people do. They romanticize the past. You know, that's what we do with the past. I, I bring that up a lot. So and I'm not going to quit bringing it up. So, I mean, it, and I, again, I, I don't say this to argue or dispute anything that you're saying, John. You're, you're older, you're wiser than I. Uh, yes. But you don't think that, for lack of a better term, the isolation and lack of options isn't, it, it didn't play at least a minor part in. The obsession, or the uh, the religion—you know, not to sound sacrilegious—but that religious aspect. You know, as you said, you know, Husker football is a religion, and the cathedral's Memorial Stadium. You don't think that that the lack of options didn't play any factor in that? 
Well, maybe it had some to do with it because you didn't have other voices in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Even when you when you look at the NFL, there's a certain level of you know the Packers versus the Vikings. They look at each other as evil, and, it's, and then both of them look at Chicago and go, "Well, we can at least not fight at games, but we're going to kill those bastards." Well, hell, look at places like Alabama, state of Alabama. You know, with Alabama and Auburn, or state of Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech, or LSU down Louisiana. There are options down there. There are pro sports, stuff like that. The following, the dogma of those programs that fans subscribe to, it's just the same as here in Nebraska, you know. Maybe they don't do as much pearl clutching at things that they see as uncouth in college football. But, you know, rabid fandom is rabid fandom. That's why I've always gotten annoyed with the Colorado fans who are so rabid. But then they'll turn around and be like, Oh, you you just follow your program because there's nothing else to do. We have mountains. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, well, you have mountains. Why are you investing time on a Colorado message board, you know? Yeah. Uh, you could be on a mountain doing an edible. <laughs> thinking dropping about the some universe. acid and listening to John Denver. Or Jimmy Buffett. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, you know Maybe what? I'm going to Boulder. <laughs> I, uh... Fly out there for and be credentialed at the game. Oh God! <laughs> that would be kind of God. <laughs> Could you imagine John with an edible in the press box or not on the press no. box on the field taking pictures? Yeah, they, oh my God! We're gonna get some. Possibly. We're gonna Let, let's see. We get some be really. I'd be there. Are the Comcast guys going? Yeah. So they'd be there. Yeah. I'm sure Ty Peteronitz, our former ally, former loyal Cornations. Coronation soldier will be there as he's from Boulder originally. Yeah, I just I just picture I, I just picture if John was if, if if that scenario played out, how many pictures of the clouds we would have? <laughs> uh, that, Probably three hundred and forty thousand photos of of Colorado cheerleaders. Actually, is what you'd get. Oh my gosh, John, behave yourself. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, you know, I, I was glad we were able to have that chat. I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, you know, I feel like all points were thoroughly uh, made, and 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 I do believe that it, you know, as much flack as I might take for this uh, in the comments, although nobody comments, so you know, whatever. Um, I do believe that the. I don't want to say lack of better options or anything like that. I don't want to sound disparaging, but you know, just the 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 fact that there's not a major market with a, a pro team, you know, in in you know within walk not within walking distance, but a stone's throw away. Like I said, you got to go to Kansas City for the nearest one, and you got to go to St. Louis for the nearest one worth a damn. Um, so I don't know. I I just think it. I, I think it does did. I think it did play a factor, especially in the days before you know, like the internet. So. When, when the world was a little smaller, bigger, whatever, whatever the internet did, <laughs> what, what the internet made the world smaller. So I think when, when, uh, you know, pre-internet, I think, I think it did play a, a factor. So that's me. That's my take. You got a problem right. with it? Lay it down in the comments. I think it's relative to whether you've had the edible and you look at your <laughs> thumb and go, one atom could be an entire universe, man. Okay, right, I've never done any I of want, those. I want our listeners, all seven of them, 
Oh no, we have a lot if of listeners. They just don't a have any interaction. And Colorado fan horror story from Folsom Field. First hand. I don't want the six degrees of separation crap. Put it in the comments. Let, let's Tweet do, at the show. Could, could we do or one email better? Or call the phone line. Yeah, call let, the phone line. Let's do this. Use your East voice. Of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have a first hand, you know, putting up with the assholes in Boulder story, call 402 327 1830. That is our direct line. Leave a voicemail. We love to hear your story on uh, next week's show. Four zero. You could also you could also call us about Wisconsin. You can call us about anything. You can call us and, and ask uh, about. I think we have to be specific. So can I? I'm going to call that voicemail line after we roll up. You know, half a hundred on Colorado out in Boulder. Yeah, because that's what everybody needs is Hoss about twelve Coors banquets deep and in in a bar somewhere. Probably singing Margarita. You're like, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get this on the show next week. I'd be Pirate Looks at 40, not Margaritaville. Whatever. That's, I'm sorry. Margaritaville. We're always so picky. We're well, always so picky. Well, here's the thing Margaritaville, I've worked at, at, you know, radio stations of different formats, be it country or, you know, like a, a quote unquote soft rock or classic rock as well. Margaritaville is the only song that I've played on every radio station I've ever worked at. Uh, it's just, it's across all genres. Uh, it's a horrible song and, uh, Jimmy Buffett should be ashamed. It is a bad song and I like it. It's Jimmy a Buffett. great song as long as I don't have to hear it three million times. Speaking of, and I don't know, I mean, I know the story, uh, but the St. Louis Blues, I think I mentioned earlier this week, won game six and are advanced to the Stanley Cup finals. They're like, oh, a, no, I didn't hear this. No. Yeah. So they're, uh, uh, celebration song after a win you know they they pipe it in at uh, the enterprise center there in st louis uh you know and and they always play it in the locker room but it's laura brannigan's gloria you can go online and find out why it's Gloria. i'm not going to rehash that story but the station in st louis uh that you know airs blues hockey was doing 24 hours of gloria uh on wednesday the day after they advanced to the stanley cup finals so if you are that big of a Blues fan or that big of a Laura Brannigan Gloria fan, you could have listened to that for 24 hours. I can't do 24 hours of a Christmas story. I don't know how anybody could do 24 hours of Gloria. You know, I was just thinking, after we roll up half a hundred on them and I'm in some Boulder establishment drinking Coors Banquet and celebrating a win and watching college football, we get up there and sing a James McMurtry song called No More Buffalo. And I'm willing to bet I'm probably going to have to fight my way out. Yes, yeah, yeah, I would bet you would too. Better better hit the uh, squats and deadlifts a little extra hard the day before I leave. What you need to do is actually not do that and then not have to spend your money on bail so you can buy really just cases of fresh Coors Banquet. Loaded up in the the car, just like Smokey and the Bandit. Can, can I ask a question, Hoss, while we're talking about yeah. road trips? When you road trip, do, do you rent a vehicle or do you you know prefer to take your own? Well, I worked at Enterprise, so I rent with the nice employee discount. And I drive a 4Runner that's 18 years old in great shape, 
but it only has a 12 and a half gallon gas tank. So I'd be stopping every 240 miles to get gas. So if it, this is me asking because I'm going to be taking a road trip uh, this summer, we'll have to figure out the recording you schedule. Yep. You'd have to stop every 240 miles to let everybody piss. No, no. When I travel, it's it's road warrior in it. I mean, I'm talking. You know, let's put let's put about 300 miles behind us before. So we nobody start. in the car drinks. <laughs> oh, we drink. We just gotta hold it. Oh, let me let, let me ask from a car from a vehicle usage standpoint. If one is going to road trip, is it better to mm-hmm. use one's own vehicle or rent one for the duration of the trip? Like a week or whatever. Depends on how old your vehicle is. Uh, 2016. What kind of car? Uh, Chrysler Town and Country. Oh, man, you take that thing on a road trip. Oh, those vans are awesome for road trips. Okay. I mean, we did it. I would guess that if you're going to Boulder and you have Nebraska plates, though, you would want to rent a car. That's also why I'm renting as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm an employee, so I have to take the insurance with my rental. I rent, so it's like, well, this thing gets vandalized if those rumors are true. Um, well, it looks like I'm just going to turn the keys into them, and not my pig, not my farm. See, that's that's your mine. Mine always was not my circus, not my monkeys. I, like I have never heard either of these phrases. Obviously, John, you haven't spent enough time passing the buck and or the blame. <laughs> no, I'm usually the What's guy that gets the blamed goose for everything. For the gander. A rising tide raises all boats. That's not the same thing. Yeah. Speaking of all the boats on the tide, uh, if you enjoyed the Five Heart Podcast, then you subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Overcast. We're on Overcast, if you can believe that. I didn't know Overcast was a thing until uh, Coronation alum David McGee told me about it a few years ago. Uh, and uh, Podbean, we're, we're on a few of those. Uh, but if you do subscribe, you're also getting... Of Bangarangs and Daggers, uh, the Nebraska Ball podcast uh, starring Patrick Gerhardt and Nate McHugh. So uh, Nate Dog and Patrick G. So those are that. That's that is the rising tide that raises all boats, give or take that statement that I just misquoted. Uh, so that'll be it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. I think we've uh, uh, worn out our welcome, and I've I've been up since three thirty in the morning. I'm calling it a night. Guys, it's a pleasure. It always is. Yeah, go get some sleep. I'm going to, because I got another long day tomorrow. Not quite 3.30 in the morning long, but probably 5 o'clock in the morning long. So, that extra hour and a half, let me tell you, that really uh, that really recharges the old batteries. So, John, any other final well, words of wisdom from someone your age? Uh, it's... Uh, Four to one Nebraska over Minnesota in the first game of the Big Ten baseball tournament, and uh, I am really looking forward to us making some noise this off season. I really, will, I really want us to do well in this tournament, and you know, first or second, and make the championship game, and then win some NCAA tournament games. So people would shut the fuck up about firing Darren Nurstead. <clears throat> That's my final thought. I like it. I'm at it, Hoss. What uh, what final thoughts do you have this evening? My final thoughts are: I wish this off season was over. I cannot argue with that. My final. And thought, I need to I need to squat five hundred pounds by the end of the year. 
Uh, I can't help you with that. Sorry, you're on your yeah, own. Yeah, I really can't. Emotional, moral support. That I can do. I will. I don't, I don't even know how to coach you on that. What, what do they say? Stick your butt out a little bit more? Yeah, break at the hips, then at the knees. Keep your head neutral, not looking up, not looking down. Shoulders squeeze back so the bar's resting across your traps. Take a deep breath in, go down. <laughs> Sorry. Back up, exhale. Well, it sounds like you have everything covered. What do you need me for? Yeah. Oh, just, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a long slog to get there. Well, I will do my best, chief. Yeah, I know. It's hey, who needs therapy when you got the Five Heart podcast? We provide this type of therapy free for you the listener every week because that's what SB Nation really wanted us to do when we signed on officially. <laughs> so that'll be it for Somehow this. They all licensed us as uh, mental health practitioners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they said uh, meetings are weekly. Don't mess it up. Content is king. That is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. For my esteemed colleagues, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko, reminding you that uh, this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go, Big Red! Squat deep, squat heavy, squat often, and keep winning the damn offseason. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. <laughs> <laughs>